2: And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Mutual Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at X-Zone Radio TV on all social media sites, Radio TV. and to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7-365, visit us online at www.xzbn.net. Exonation, uh, my first guest uh, this uh, show is Howard Schiffke. And Howard was born in Miami, Florida on March 23rd. In 1983, he graduated from college. And in 1986, he graduated from law school. On October 16, 1988, he married Sally. And they have three wonderful children. In 2009, Howard got Parkinson's disease and he developed an alternative method- methodology for recovery. In June of 2010, he became fully recovered from Parkinson's. He coaches people around the world in his Parkinson's recipe for recovery. Howard was a native Floridian, and in 2016, he and Sally moved 3,000 miles away to Warren, Oregon. Besides coaching people with Parkinson's, Howard enjoys reading, gardening, and a nice glass of local Pinot Noir. Joining me now is Howard Schiffke, And Howard, welcome to the X-Zone.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Rob. I appreciate it.
2: It's our great pleasure. Congratulations on your recovery. Um, Thank you. What was it like when you learned you had Parkinson's, Howard?
1: When I learned I had Parkinson's disease, it was quite scary in large part because My mother had Parkinson's disease for 24 years before she died and We saw her go through that when I say we I'm talking about my family I was married and had young children and my mother went the regular Western medicine uh, medication treatment way and two and a half years before I got Parkinson's uh, is when she died and in the end she was crippled in a wheelchair, and for the last few years of her life, she also had Alzheimer's and dementia. So when I learned I had Parkinson's, that was a rather scary thing because I didn't know much about the disease mm-hmm. other than seeing what had taken place with my mother.
2: Why don't you explain to our listeners what Parkinson's is?
1: Um, Parkinson's disease, and I will tell you, I have a completely different perspective Mm -hmm. of from Western medicine of what the disease is from from the Western medicine perspective it's looked at as a progressively degenerative neurological disease that they don't know the cause and there is no cure and the treatments are just for the symptoms so the treatments uh, which is primarily medication although they also do have um, the brain surgery now is for mitigation of symptoms not for getting people better because they don't believe you can get better, right? Uh, from the way and that is the way my mother went I was fortunate in the fact that for 10 years before I got Parkinson's I had taken an interest in, holistic healing in traditional Chinese medicine mm-hmm. and from the Eastern medicine perspective from the things that I was reading from thousands of years ago where they were describing the symptoms that I was having, it was looked at as something that was caused by the liver not functioning well and there being too much toxicity in the body, and therefore the electrical impulses were not firing off correctly. So that led to the tremors and the shaking and the various symptoms that came with it. So Parkinson's, whether you look at it from the Eastern perspective or the Western perspective, it still appears in the same way with symptoms of tremors, stiffness, slowness, uh, difficult, Mm -hmm. fine motor skills, My situation was my balance was very poor, so I was hunched forward and I mostly shuffled as opposed to walk because if I tried to take too big of a stride, my body was very wobbly. So Uh it was much easier to either shuffle or just pick my feet up a little bit off the ground and take smaller steps in order to keep my balance in place.
2: All right. Parkinson's is considered to be incurable. How is it that you decided to cure yourself
1: from a disease
2: that is considered incurable?
1: Well, thank you, Rob. I I appreciate you asking that. And that is, after seeing the situation with my mother, Mm -hmm. first of all, that was not something I wanted, how she ended up. In reading about Eastern medicine and the way traditional Chinese medicine viewed Parkinson's, I thought since it dealt with the liver and the way they described the disease was how I was feeling, they also tie emotions to the organs and they talked about the emotions of emotional stress, right. anger, frustration, resentment as the things that wear down your liver. They talk about how fear makes your kidneys weak and the kidneys are responsible for bringing more energy to the brain Mm -hmm. so when i looked at those things and i looked at my life and i looked at my emotions and i looked at where i was physically and mentally and spiritually because from a traditional chinese medicine perspective it's a whole being so getting the disease and getting better from the disease isn't just healing a physical thing but it is healing at all three parts, soul, mind, and body. So I really viewed Parkinson's and me having Parkinson's as me having become out of balance, soul, mind, and body as a human being. And it wasn't that I was doing anything bad or wrong or anything like that mm-hmm. to make that happen. I was living life exactly how I thought life was supposed to be lived and, you know, worked hard, had yeah. a young family, all of those things. And I had become out of balance. So my view was, if I start working on healing myself at all of those levels, soul, mind, and body, and I restore balance to all three of those parts of who I am, then I would cure myself from the disease.
2: So basically, you looked at the holistic aspect instead of the singular aspect, as is done by Western medicine.
1: You're correct, yes.
2: Okay. Um, were you officially diagnosed with Parkinson's?
1: Uh, yes, I was. What, what happened is I started, I put together a program and started working on my healing. When I realized that Mm -hmm. I had the disease, I started to get tremors. And when I got the tremors, I started doing research about tremors and, and I shook on the inside. If you looked at me from the outside, I, I didn't shake but inside I felt like I was shaking from head to toe 24 hours a day. And then I started doing research and realized from the other symptoms it was describing on reputable websites about Parkinson's like Mm -hmm. Michael J. Fox foundation, Mayo clinic, those places I'm, I was experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's. So I, because of the previous 10 years and collecting a lot of information and books and things, I put a program together and it took a little while to get in to see the neurologist. But Mm -hmm. five weeks later, which was at the beginning of November of 2009, I saw the neurologist who had treated my mother. And so her neurologist became my neurologist and I went in, met with him, told him what I thought, Mm -hmm. told him what I was doing, He put me through all of his tests and at the uh, conclusion of putting me through all of this test, he officially diagnosed me with Parkinson's. At that time, Mm -hmm. he also wrote me a couple of prescriptions. And when he wrote me those prescriptions, we had a conversation about it. And I told him that as I had discussed with him in our conversation, that, basically, I wasn't planning on taking them, that I was gonna do this program that I had developed and I was planning on having a recovery. And he informed me at that point in time that it was his opinion and the professional opinion that everybody who has Parkinson's disease needed to be on medications. But if I was going to be doing this program that I had, And I could prolong the time before I would have to go on medications. He said, I would actually be helping myself in the long run because the medications don't have an Mm -hmm. extended life. They last a certain amount of years. And then he said, they're not effective anymore. So he also was a little bit anxious because he didn't have another patient that wasn't taking the medications. So usually with Parkinson's, you see the neurologist every six months, and he had me come back three months later because he wanted to make sure nothing bad happened. All right, Howard,
2: you we've got to take a break. Please stand by, Exonation. Howard Schiffke and I will be back on the other side of this break talking about Parkinson's this hour here in the Exon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Call 213 401 0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213 401 0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci fi radio programming anywhere 24 7 365.
0: You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simo TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simo TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
2: Howard Schiffke is our special guest this hour. Exxon Nation, www.fightingparkinsonsdrugfree.com is his website. And Howard, before we went to the commercial break, uh, your doctor wanted to see you every three months because you had refused to go on the prescription regimen. What kind of uh, what kind of prescriptions do people with Parkinson's usually take?
1: Uh, initially, like the ones I. I was written Mm -hmm. they are called dopamine agonists from the western medicine perspective the brain cells uh in the area of the brain where dopamine is produced are dying and the dopamine is depleted i think the official position is your dopamine is 75 percent Depleted before you start showing the symptoms. So you have very little dopamine, which is the thing that controls your movement and so they initially prescribe a dopamine agonist and not all the neurologists do do it this way But I can tell you my neurologist prescribed to me a dopamine agonist explained to me that this was to try to boost whatever dopamine I might have left from right. his perspective and then at some point i was going to run out of dopamine and then i would go the next prescription that would be written would be the what what's called levodopa l-dopa it's also known as and and that is essentially artificial dopamine so their feeling is you completely they the way he was approaching it with me was mm-hmm. to boost whatever dopamine I had left, and then when the dopamine would run out, then I would have to go on the artificial dopamine. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to move. Ouch. Um, what kind of testing do they do for
2: for um, Parkinson's? Do do they do an MRI as well as the other um, tests that they do?
1: Um, the, the MRI isn't going to show, it's not the type of test that I can see. show Parkinson's. They're, they're, at the time that, that I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, there actually wasn't any test, meaning a type of machine or something like right. that, or blood test or any of that, that would determine Parkinson's. What, the way it was explained to me about an MRI is an MRI would negate that you had something else the things that an MRI can pick up, they'd say, no, you're all clear with an MRI. What my, now I can tell you that there's been a machine that was developed and it's it's called a DAT scan. And that is something that is now used with people where it's, a, it's supposed to give a definitive thumbs up. Yes, you do have Parkinson's type of test. That was not invented yet at the time. What my neurologist explained to me was that for somebody who is a Parkinson's specialist, as mm-hmm. he was, there's a battery of tests. I He put me through between 30 and 45 minutes of physical tests, wow. and what he explained to me along the way is that in a normal body as opposed to in a Parkinson's body, the the tests were designed to show how repetitive movement Quite a few of the tests he gave me were repetitive movement on one side of the body Mm -hmm. to see if there would be a reaction on the other side of the body and That in a normal person you can just have that repetitive movement going and going and going and nothing happens and like with me and he said with a Parkinson's body what would occur is it would set off something on the opposite side of the body and i can just tell you real briefly he he had me just to give you a picture he had me sitting on the table like you sit at the doctor's office and took my right hand and had me tap on my thigh and then he went and stood in front of me and told me to point my left hand straight out fingers pointing straight out at him and continue tapping on my thigh and within maybe about a minute or so my left shoulder started to hurt, my left elbow bent in, and then all of a sudden my left arm started flying around uncontrollably. Huh. And he stepped forward and grabbed both of my arms because I think he probably saw that there was some anxious uh, look in my face. And I asked him, what just happened? And he said that's why he, he gives that particular test because somebody who doesn't have Parkinson's can sit there and tap their leg all day long and hold their other arm out in front and nothing bad happens but that was one of his diagnostic tests because it caused uh some very stiff rigid uh, bending in my arm and then complete uncontrolled movement in my left arm just by tapping my right hand repetitively on my right thigh so it was a battery of tests like that there were reflex tests he did the test where You know how the, if you go to the eye doctor, the eye doctor will hold up a pen or something and then just say, keep your head straight and follow with, with your eyes. Mm -hmm. And so he, he did that test and when he finished the test, he told me that he could see that I had cogwheel rigidity in my eyes. And what that meant was instead of my eyes smoothly going across and following the pen, they went in little movements, so they jiggled back and forth as they moved across.
2: Okay, so here you are. You're diagnosed with MS. I'm sorry, with uh, with Parkinson's. And how does the reality set in? What do you, What are your thoughts? All right, you know, up until the point, you know, it wasn't an official diagnosis. You knew you had Alzheimer's, or Parkinson's, but... When you heard it from the doctor, it was confirmed, you know, he was going to give you the drugs. You said, no, I want to do it my way. Did you have any hesitations at that point that maybe you should follow the Western method and, you know, kind of put the holistic uh, approach on hold until you saw how the Western medical recipe worked? Or was it now I have to get full-fledged into the holistic method?
1: It was, now I have to get full-fledged into the holistic method. And I will tell you, one of the main reasons Mm -hmm. was what I saw happen with my mother. Yeah. Because in the end, it was seeing her lose her mind that was the scariest part of all. Because she had a conscious recognition that she was losing her mind. And it was very, very difficult to see that. And that was not something that I envisioned for myself. And I can tell you at the beginning, um, and this was when I started doing my program to get better, mm-hmm. I sat down with my wife and I said, I know I'm going to have a recovery. However, I have known things in life before and been incorrect about them. So if they are correct and I am incorrect, at the end of this journey, I end up flat out paralyzed on the bed. And my wife did not bat an eye. She said, it's just a body. If you don't lose your mind like your mother lost her mind, then I don't lose you. And I can't envision 20 or 25 years from now, you being mindless like how your mother ended up. So if you can put up with whatever this disease is going to dish out to you, I'm all in.
2: All right, so how did you start off on your, on your cure?
1: Um, I started off, and thank you for asking that, I started off my thought of, Soul, mind, and body was soul healing in the beginning, I felt was just having faith in the recovery and the mind part is I needed to heal those emotions. So get anger and frustration and resentment and try to get those emotions out of my life. And I started focusing on the body healing. And with the body healing, I had done uh, a brocade of Chinese qigong exercises for 10 years before I got Parkinson's but When I got Parkinson's I realized that 10 years of Chinese qigong exercises didn't stop me from getting the disease so I Researched further and I found medical qigong exercises to heal my organs primarily the liver and the gallbladder and also the kidneys So I started putting together a little at a time physical exercises, medical Qigong exercises specifically designed to heal my organs. And so each day I would start to do them. In the beginning, Mm -hmm. they were really difficult to do. I was uh, slow and stiff. And I can tell you when when I did this one called medical Qigong for the liver, you're supposed to do it. 10 rotations through. And when I got through with the fourth rotation, I just broke out in a sweat, got dizzy, had to lie down. I soaked my clothes and Mm -hmm. the carpet and realized this was obviously a correct exercise because I was having a a pretty violent body reaction to it. Uh, I also realized that I must have been pretty toxic inside. So it kind of confirmed to me that the Eastern medicine viewpoint of what was going on inside me was spot-on and I also lied there on on the carpet thinking how am I ever going to get to ten because four rotations just knocked me out? But eventually I was able to build up mm-hmm. Strength and stamina. I worked on the I worked on the kidneys uh, from the Chinese perspective, your kidneys are the storehouse of your raw energy, and they bring that to your brain. So I knew that the Parkinson brain was low on energy, and the electricity wasn't firing off well. So I worked on my liver, I worked on my kidneys, I did a chanting for my brain. brain, it was called brain vibration chanting. I did a lot of physical things, not to mitigate symptoms, but actually to heal my body from the inside. And I felt that if I healed my body from the inside, that I would take care of the cause of the disease. And if I took care of the cause of the disease, then the symptoms of the disease would just go away. All right, Howard, please
2: stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Hexonation, nation. Howard Schiffke and I will be back on the other side of this news break as we From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Welcome back, everyone. Howard Schiffke is our special guest. His website is fighting, fightingparkinsonsdrugfree.com. That's fightingparkinsonsdrugfree.com. All right, so what was your daily regimen like on your path to curing yourself of Parkinson's?
1: My daily regimen, uh, I was somebody who got up early in the morning anyhow. Mm-hmm. So my daily regimen is I got up at 4 And I was kind of simple. I got to the kitchen. I like to have an espresso in the morning. I'd make myself an espresso and have a glass of water. And then I would head to the living room and I'd start doing the physical exercises of what I, at the time, it was just my program, what I was doing. Uh, I call it my Parkinson's recipe for recovery. Mm -hmm. And I would go through all of the physical exercises just do them one right after the other. And however I was doing some mornings, it was slower, some mornings it was faster. I was just doing it, get through those. And then that was the physical part. Then I would do meditation. I learned to meditate and I would do spiritual work and then Wake up my wife and we had our children and it was kind of a busy household and the day kind of went from there my my sense of it was Life continued to go on so it was important that I Participate in life to the best of my ability Mm -hmm. So I didn't look at doing my Parkinson's recipe for recovery or working on my recovery as what my life was all about I got up in the morning. I did the full program and then we got on with our day, like any other family. Now, there were certain things I couldn't do physically anymore that I used to do around the house. So my, my wife pitched in, my children pitched in, uh, to help me with things. But other than that, we actually tried to, to the best of our ability as a family, to just proceed forward with life and life of a busy family. I was uh, fortunate that I worked from home So I didn't have the issue of having to get in the car and sit in traffic and sit in an office all day and all of that. And that gave me, uh, I think, a a really helpful part of the recovery because I could take a nap if I was tired. I, I was able to do things by working from home that if I had to go to an office would have been much more difficult. So it it allowed us to proceed forward as as a family, and it allowed me to get up, do the Parkinson's recipe for recovery, the entire thing, and then start the day. In the afternoon, there were some exercises that I repeated because they were good for boosting my energy, and I was usually pretty worn out. And then there was also about a half a dozen of the exercises that I repeated in the evening, because for the same reason, I would—I was exhausted. And part of it is I was so stiff with rigidity when I was walking or moving, I was fighting myself, fighting my body. So it was very tiring. And I did the exercises in the evening, about a half a dozen of them, just to boost my energy so I could stay awake for another few hours so I'd be able to participate in the lives of my wife and children.
2: How long did you stay on this regiment before you saw results?
1: After six months, I saw results in the form of my symptoms stopped getting worse. Mm-hmm. They they leveled out and they improved a tiny bit. And so in March of 2010, I I hit this point where I felt like I had stopped the progression of the disease. It wasn't progressing anymore. In fact, when I went in February three months after my initial neurologist visit, he was actually so pleased with how I was doing at that point. He told me he didn't need to see me for six months. It, it, I satisfied whatever were his concerns and he said, I'll see you in six months. So I had a visit that was then scheduled for August, um, six months later. And it was in that, in that March timeframe that I had gone a few weeks and really saw no change, very, very little change Mm -hmm. at all. So really no better, no worse. Kind of stuck in this spot of having stopped the progression, but not seeing any real change after that. I felt that I had healed myself on the inside. Uh, I was good with my digestion. Urine, bowels, all of that cleaned up, cleared up, all those issues that came with the disease, those things were taken care of. And I decided to get on the internet and do some research because I thought, well, I thought I had the soul part done. I thought I had the mind part done. And I was feeling like I had taken really good care of the body part, but I was still staring at all of these symptoms. And I was looking for somebody else who might be doing something that I was doing so that we could trade ideas and I couldn't find anybody. And actually I was complaining about it too much. And my my wife and children suggested that I write a blog so that I could talk about what I was doing and so that other people could find me and maybe we could share ideas. So one of the things I learned in my recovery was not to complain anymore because then my family would tell me to write a blog. And that was kind of a difficult thing because by that point, I was down to typing with one finger. So it was a colossal effort, but I felt that they were right. So I started writing a blog and that's where when you announce my website, Fighting Parkinson's Drug-Free... It's because when I started that my, writing my blog which is now my website has a lot of other information and the blog is on my website that's what I was doing I was fighting Parkinson's and I wasn't taking medications so I was fighting Parkinson's drug-free and I would just like to say as a quick aside I'm not advocating that anybody stop taking their medications if people are taking medications they need to keep taking their medications. It it would be a terrible thing for somebody to quit taking medications cold turkey. And people come to my website, Uh, it was such a blessing when I had my full recovery. I put my entire Parkinson's recipe for recovery on my website, it's free, anybody in the world can access it for free. You can find it on any page on my website and just click to the Parkinson's recipe for recovery. So everything I did is, is out there and I just wanted to say, for anybody who might be listening to this and anybody who has been to my website and read whatever I I have written, definitely on the issue of medications. People that are on medications need to stay on their medications and they can still, you know, if they talk to their doctor ahead of time and the doctor says, yes, that looks like something that's okay for you to do, they can Mm -hmm. still do the Parkinson's recipe for recovery. So anyhow, I realized in... Working on my recovery that there was more to the mind healing and more to the soul healing than I originally had anticipated and so I started Exploring what I needed to do to calm my mind more than just meditating And I learned things about myself that I had a lot of self-judgment a lot of self-criticism things of that nature that I needed to learn to deal with and I needed to learn to work out in order to heal my mind and in order to open my heart and feel joy and heal my soul so that I could bring my total being, soul, mind, and body back into balance. I felt like I had brought my body into balance on the inside by healing my organs, but I realized I was woefully behind in getting my mind to calm down and not judging myself and not being afraid of the future and dealing with issues of anger and frustration and acceptance acceptance of life i realized that i had a a habit of if something happened that i didn't like i would get angry about the situation, and then trying to undo what just happened, ultimately being angry at myself for the fact that it happened and the fact that I couldn't undo what just happened. So learning acceptance helped me learn to calm my mind and just start to participate in life more in the moment of what was happening in life, accepting what was happening in front of me, rather than having what had been habitual emotions of anger or anxiety or fear. And I realized these things were just part of my habitual nature. They had become part of that. So I worked on affirmations and meditations to heal and calm down my mind because I feel that a big part of the Parkinson's was this adrenaline-driven mind fear-based, adrenaline-driven mind. So I think most of the time we think of adrenaline as somebody who's push, 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 push physically. Right. But there was also the mind part.
2: All right, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Nation. our guest this hour is Howard Schiffke. The name of his um, book is Fighting Parkinson's Drug-Free, Embracing the Disease. His website is www.fightingparkinsonsdrugfree.com. And uh, Fighting Parkinson's Drug-Free is Howard Schiffke's story of holistic recovery from Parkinson's without medications. He combined exercise, diet, and meditation. Once again, his website is www.fightingparkinsonsdrugfree.com. And Howard and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up the Exxon for this hour here from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always find out about the programming we have available 24-7, 365 on the Exome Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. Howard Schiffke and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Williamspackham.com. Howard Schiffke is our special guest Exonation, nation, www.fightingparkinsonsdrugfree.com How did you when did you know that you had totally beaten Parkinson's?
1: In uh, June of 2010, mm-hmm. I, June 12th, 2010, I woke up with no symptoms, no Parkinson's. I had worked through the body part, the mind part, and the final part of the healing was working through the soul part. And to me, the soul healing was how I felt about me, how I fit in the world, how I felt about me in my emotions, And ultimately, having to learn to accept myself and having to learn to love myself and to let go of fear of being what I will call my real self, the fear of not being the person who I had become. I had made little adjustments to who I was Mm -hmm. throughout life uh, to get through life the way I thought I was supposed to get through life. And what I realized is I had lost myself, my real self, along the way. And that's why when I talk about the soul, mind, and body healing, the soul healing was just getting back to who I really was at a deeper level and learning not to be afraid to be my real self, the one who I had been since the beginning, but was afraid to show everybody except my wife and to learn to love myself that I was worthy and deserving of having the recovery. And I, on the night before, I had come to this realization on June 11th of the fears that I needed to let go of and that I needed to not be afraid to be my real self and felt good to me all that day. And that night I let go of those final fears and concerns Mm -hmm. and the following morning. I woke up and I had no symptoms and I, I knew the Parkinson's was gone.
2: Now, have you been cleared of Parkinson's by the medical community?
1: I have. Thank you for asking. My regular uh, appointment with my neurologist was two months later. Mm-hmm. So uh, in August, I went to see my neurologist. Again, he put me through all of the tests. Yeah. And at the conclusion of the test, He gave me a clean bill of health relative to signs and symptoms of Parkinson's. And I said to him, you know, there's a lot of people following my blog and they know I'm here today. What would you be comfortable with me putting on my blog tomorrow? And he said, write this down. You can put that your neurologist put you through all of his tests and much to his surprise, he could not detect a single sign or symptom of Parkinson's. Is Parkinson's your so takeaway that I? I'm sorry. Rob, is,
2: pa- is Parkinson's usually a case uh, uh, a disease that can be fully cured?
1: Oh, Parkinson's is considered incurable. So I think that's why he added in the much to his surprise mm-hmm. because nobody is supposed to get better from Parkinson's from the way it's viewed from Western medicine. So there I was without the Parkinsons. Now I will tell you in my medical record from that visit, he actually says he felt I still had the disease. He said he surmised that my symptoms fluctuated and that when I was in a good state of mind, I did not exhibit signs and symptoms of Parkinson's as that day in his office, he could not detect a single sign or symptom of Parkinson's. That is what he put in my medical record. So even being at his office with no signs or symptoms of Parkinson's, he still confirmed a diagnosis of Parkinson's But 16 months after that, I went back to Mm -hmm. see him again. He put me through all of the tests again, and in each one put normal, 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 all the way down the line, and then put in my medical records. This gentleman for two examinations in a row does not have signs and symptoms of Parkinson's disease. That was my clearing of Parkinson's disease. Why and, would why, would, why, that, would, why it, would
2: you not go to uh, another doctor, another neurologist, to get a second opinion? Because by going to the same doctor, how do you know that you actually received the... Uh, I, I have a bit of a problem with the part that you went there. He tells you one thing, he puts in your medical records another thing. I would have gone to another doctor to get a second opinion. How come you didn't?
1: Well, first of all, I didn't know what was in my medical records until two years later when I got them. Okay. So when he said to me, I can't detect a single sign and symptom of Parkinson's disease. I said, thank you. We had a small conversation and I was happily on my way, but I have to tell you by then it had been eight weeks since I had my full recovery. I had no symptoms. So part of going there was to get, the medical confirmation that i had no symptoms but quite frankly it's like i knew the disease i had the disease before i went he confirmed it when i went and i knew i didn't have the disease anymore when i went back and he confirmed that when i left it wasn't until a couple of years later when i ordered my medical records mm-hmm. so that i could have them that i actually saw what was written in my medical records and and that's the other that's why it was also very good that I had gone back 16 months later because then he put this gentleman for two examinations in a row does not have signs and symptoms of Parkinson's disease. He never took away his diagnosis. He wrote in my medical records that I didn't have Parkinson's anymore. So that was very satisfactory to me. I didn't need to see anybody else to say anything about it after that.
2: But haven't you wondered why you had it according to a doctor and a doctor told you you didn't have it or you know I, I find it strange that if somebody tells me i have let's say alzheimers i would not take one one diagnosis i would seek another di- another doctor with another you know to do the test again because frankly you know it's better to get two opinions than it is just one so with with the With the uncertainty, or with the, not the uncertainty, that's not the right word I'm looking for. With the fact that the doctor told you that you exhibited no signs of Parkinson's, and in your medical records, he put that you, you know, like, according to his professional opinion, you still had it, but you didn't exhibit any any symptoms. To me, that would have rose a red flag. I don't care if it's five years later, 10 years later, or 15 years later. I would have wanted that second opinion, especially since... Parkinson's is non curable and here, but after
1: I, but after I Mm -hmm. went back, he said, I didn't have it anymore. Period.
2: And you didn't find that strange.
1: I didn't find it strange because I was at a doctor's office in a medical profession Mm -hmm. that does not believe you can get better from the disease at all. So his eight weeks after having a full recovery, He's never seen a full recovery before. So actually, I smiled about it a little bit when I got my medical records and read it. And I thought, I can understand that he would be a little bit confused by the whole thing. That actually made sense to me. It was when the important one was after he saw me 16 months later, the second time that I came in with no signs and symptoms, then he was definitive that that, that that was it. And there was no question about it. So looking at it all after the fact, because that's when I got my medical records after the fact, Mm -hmm. it didn't bother me at all what what he had written in my medical records back in August of 2010, because after I went 16 months later and he found me to be again, completely symptom free, he he didn't. Say anything at all about surmising that I still had the disease at all. It, it was definitive that I didn't have it.
2: But did he did he seem surprised that you no longer had Parkinson's? Did he? Did oh he, yes. Did, so what did he do? Was anything written up in any medical journal that you came up with this miraculous recipe for curing uh, Parkinson's?
1: Um, at at first he he was interested and. After that visit, the, the second one, the one 16 months later, yeah. and a friend of mine who's a doctor and I had put a lot of information together, and right. we were hoping to do a study, and my neurologist initially was interested. He had expressed yeah. interest in being the neurologist on the study, and about eight months later, he stepped back from it.
2: Do you have any idea why?
1: I do not know why. He was involved in doing other things with Parkinson's and expressed that he was stepping back because he had become busy with working on other things. Uh, all
2: right, let me ask you this one. Time is running out very fast here. Has any other member of the medical community approached you about working with them on getting your cure, your recipe for cure of Parkinson's, out to the masses? No. Why not?
1: And, and I can tell you, I tried for six months after I got better to get mm-hmm. interest in the medical community, and it fell on deaf ears. So, what I started doing is working with people who have Parkinson's, doing Parkinson's coaching. Yeah. People started contacting me from around the world, and that's what I do. Okay. I I, teach I, all right. People all right the I, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. Slow down here because, like I said, time's going fast. How many people have been cured with Parkinson's because of your recipe?
1: Six so far.
2: Okay, me. all right. Thanks very much for joining us tonight, Exonation. Our guest has been Howard Schiffke. and if you'd like to find out more information about Howard, www. dot. And I, I, I'm not sure about this Exonation. I'm really not. If a neurologist doesn't go full force on a cure on an uncurable disease, there has to be a reason. Like I always say, there's three sides to every story. His side, her side, and the truth. Unfortunately, we only have one side here, but you be the judge. Go to his website at www.fightingparkinsonsdrugfree.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.